Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to what I consider to be a special edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host, and I'm describing this as a special edition because I believe this may be, when it comes right down to it, the most important podcast I've ever created. And I say that because what I want to talk about today gets down to the deepest level, the real nitty-gritty of our love lives, and it holds the potential to change the entire trajectory of your love life. And that may be a great place to start. Let's talk about the trajectory of your love life, of my love life, um, kind of the way it's going how it feels. Now, I've been married now coming up on 14 years, okay? But, and I don't know how much of my history I've shared. Uh, I think I've talked on this on a couple of podcasts, but I just want you to know that I'm in a great relationship right now, but man, it has not been that way for me. I mean, for a long period of, of my life, my love life was really disappointing, filled with drama, um, eventually divorce. I was dumped by a fiance. I did the online dating thing for a while and it was a disaster. I mean, I had weird experiences. I hurt people with the way I functioned. I was hurt by the way other people functioned. And so there was a time in my life where I never got to the point where I was going to give up on finding a partner. I mean, I might have said something like that in a really down moment, but I, I certainly knew that deep down I wanted to find a partner. I really did. And and I had never given up real hope on that, but there really was a time where I did not know how that was going to happen. Where, where I just could not fathom what was going to be different to where I could be with someone and connect in a meaningful way, in a lasting way, in a, in a healthy way. I, I had not seen that in my life. Um, I don't know how much I was seeing that in anyone's life around me. So there was a time in my life where there was kind of a hopelessness. I, but, but again, I hadn't given up, but I almost, like, what's the point? I, I I didn't know if it could be different. I didn't know how it, it could be different. I, I just really, I just only considered, I only continued pursuing a relationship because I just wanted to be with someone. But in the background, there was a real sort of down, discouraged sort of, this is kind of impossible feeling. Can you relate to that? I mean, how do you feel about your love life and the way it's gone so far? I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, go all Debbie Downer on you here, but I'm imagining almost everyone listening to me can relate to some aspect of that that they really don't want to give up. I mean, they really do want to find a partner. I mean, there may be some people who are so disgusted and discouraged that they are like, that's it, forget it. I'm just going to live my life. I am just going to do my career. I'm done with dating relationships. I'm never going to have sex again. I don't care. It's better than what I've been going through. So there may be people who have truly thrown in the towel Okay? But my guess is there's very few people like that, right? Most of us are probably 
still wanting to find someone. But man, we've got some some bruises. We've got some discouragement, and we're down about it. And we really don't know, you know, what's what's going to happen magically to change the way everything's been going. Correct. Now, the reason why I think this is a special edition of this podcast is because I think this can be a turning point for you. I think what I'm going to share in this podcast, and it's probably going to be a multi-part podcast, we'll see, at least two parts, but I think what I'm going to share could change everything for you. And the reason that I say that, and the reason I say it with a pretty healthy amount of conviction like I, I really do think it's not only possible but probable that this could be a turning point for you is that it was for me. What I'm going to talk about today is something that I have framed as the dating manifesto. Okay? Ten commitments for conscious dating and relating and frankly living. This podcast, I'm calling it the Dating Manifesto, right? The, the, the path to a healthy, sustainable relationship. And maybe I should capitalize the word the. The Dating Manifesto, the path to healthy, sustainable, intimate relationships. This Dating Manifesto is a compilation of the 10 commitments or 10 ways of being or 10 mindsets, 10 sort of declarations that it's like, this is the way I'm going to function. This is my way of being in relationships. In other words, if I'm going to be a relation, a relational creature, if I'm going to pursue intimacy, if I'm going to be open to a relationship with another human being, and I could even say, if you're going to relate with friends or family or coworkers, like if you're going to be a relational creature and you pretty much can't avoid it unless you're going to be a monk and, you know, live in a monastery or go to Tibet and live in a mountain, which the way our relationships go sometimes, I can't blame people that do that. Okay. But you're probably not going to do that. I'm certainly not going to do that. But these are 10 commitments that say, if I'm going to be a relational person and given that my past has been filled with so much disappointment and discouragement and possibly divorce, possibly being dumped or dumping others or just, you know, the, the discouragement of it all, then sort of, damn it, I'm going to live a certain way. I'm going to do it differently. I'm, I'm just declaring that I'm going to date and relate consciously. Now, this is sort of what happened to me many years ago before I met my wife. You know, I went through a divorce. I, I rebounded into another relationship. We got engaged. She dumped me before the wedding. That broke my heart. You know, then I went, I did a bunch of online dating to try to get over all my pain and, you know, that didn't work. It created more drama um, and it was just all the D words, right? Divorce, being dumped, drama, discouragement, disgust, disappointment, okay? Every D word you can think of. And I sort of hit rock bottom, to be honest with you, I, I sort of hit rock bottom. And I decided that it was enough, that I had to do something about the way I was showing up in the world, the way that I was dating and relating. And at that time is when my coach, frankly, introduced me to many of the commitments that I'm going to discuss in this multi-part podcast. And I committed to them. They are radical. They are difficult to integrate into your life. 
they are commitments that you will probably fail at fulfilling as much as you succeed in living. Okay? But I saw them and I understood them and I said, yeah, that is the pathway to success. That is the path to something healthy and sustainable. And frankly, I knew it because I had tried all the conventional ways. Right? I mean, I've been interested in relationship dynamics for decades. And so I had tried all the conventional ways. I tried all the religious ways. I tried every imaginable way to connect with a woman, because I'm straight. I mean, to connect with someone in a meaningful, deep way. And they didn't work. So that's why I hit rock bottom. I was really open to a different way. And when I was exposed to these 10 commitments, they resonated with me. They, they, they seemed difficult. They seemed otherworldly. They, they seemed sometimes impossible at first glance. Um, but I said, you know what? Nothing else is working. And they did resonate with me as being true, as being you know, like ways of being in a relationship that really would eliminate drama and create harmony and understanding and connection and intimacy. So I gave myself to them. I went on a journey of learning them and then learning what it took to apply them in my life and then learning what it took to live them with another human being, especially in moments when I felt scared or triggered or challenged in some way. Right, it's, it's always easy to live according to our commitments when everything's going the way we want it to, right? <laughs> it's a little challenging to live our commitments when they get challenged or when we're challenged or we're triggered or upset or something. Um, you know what I mean? How you can lose your shit in, 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 when you get triggered by something and all of a sudden you start blaming and complaining and yelling and you know, uh, just um, lashing out, saying things that you're, you know you're going to regret. You know that, right? So um, I've done all that. I've been through all that. And, and these commitments offer a way out of that kind of stuff. So anyway, what I'm basically saying is I came to these commitments as sort of a last resort. Um. It's sort of like I've tried everything else. Let me give this one latch ditch effort. And maybe if this doesn't work, I'm going to give up on women and relationships altogether, right? Um, so I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're, maybe you're kind of close to there. Maybe you're not close to there. You don't even have to be at the end of your rope to be open to these things. All you need to maybe is to hear them and really reflect on them and see if they resonate with you to where you're like me, where you say, I want to live my life according to this. This just seems right. Almost to the point of, I don't care about results. It's just like, yeah, that's the way I want to live. And yes, I may fail. I mean, two, you know, three steps forward, maybe two steps back. But you might find these to be the expressions of your heart. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about today, this dating manifesto, right? So it's, it's sort of like, and I'm recording this soon after the first of the year in 2022. I don't know when it will be, you know, um, dropped, probably mid-January, but um, I'm recording it around the time where we make resolutions, right? And maybe we, maybe we need to make some resolutions for the way in which we relate. So I would call it like a dating manifesto. <laughs> and so when I think of a manifesto, right, I, I kind of drew up a list of, you know, the various manifestos, like there, there was oh, the, the famous communist manifesto. Um, didn't Ted Kaczynski, like didn't the Unabomber have a manifesto, <laughs> right? Okay. So there's those kinds of manifestos, you know, maybe not suggested, um, but weren't the 10 commandments a kind of a manifesto, Right. How about the Declaration of Independence in our country, the United States, depending on where you're listening from? We have something called the Declaration of Independence. It's like 
This is what we stand for. This is what we're going to be about. This is our declaration about what this country is, how it's going to function, what principles will guide it, and so forth. Didn't Martin Luther King have a kind of a manifesto when he said, I have a dream that one day we will be judged not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character, right? So it's, it's that kind of feel that I want to bring to this, this, I've had enough of the bullshit and I'm declaring, I'm saying, this is it. <laughs> this is the way I want to be in the world. And so it all starts, really, it all starts and you can't come, you can't adopt this dating manifesto unless you understand this one thing that you are the only thing that you can control. Right? Because like I said, I know your love life is probably, you could tell me stories of crazy, bizarre, hurtful things that have happened to you, right? So you have a disappointing history in your love life, just like everybody else does, frankly, and certainly everybody listening to this podcast, correct? So when things are, things are not good, What's the solution? Can you control other people? Can you control the way everybody's doing online dating? Can you control people from ghosting you and gaslighting and all the other weird shit that goes on out there? I mean, you, you really can't control any of that, can you? The only thing you can control is, well, this is the way I'm going to function. In other words, sometimes I describe dating and even the dating manifesto as sort of what game are you going to play in your love life? Like everybody's playing a game and every game has rules. Every game has a certain way you play the game. Okay, so it's sort of like the dating manifesto says, okay, I want to play a conscious game. My game is going to be played according to these 10 commitments. I'm done playing the conventional games. And you know what they are out there in the dating world. But it all comes down to the recognition that the only, if you're going to change the trajectory of your love life from being a disappointing, pain-filled, or frustrating experience, the only way that changes, believe it or not, it's not... It's not about, oh, I'm going to get lucky and meet a really good person. You can't base it on luck. Only way you're going to change it is if you change you. If you say, I'm going to operate differently. I am going to show up and live my life a certain way. Now, I'm here to tell you, if you do that, if you adopt these 10 commitments and live them as best you can and you will fail. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. But if you say, this is the game I want to play. These are the rules I want to live by. These are the commitments, the values. This is the way I want to be in the world. I'm telling you, your love life is going to be a journey like something you have never imagined. And not only your love life, but every relationship in your life. From the way you relate with your kids, to your friends, your siblings, your coworkers, everything is going to change. Not because everybody else is changing. <laughs> they may continue to be the people that they are. The dating environment may continue to be what it is or even get worse. That doesn't matter because it's really all about how you are showing up. Because when you show up living a certain way by certain commitments, here's where the law of attraction is real and it works. The way you live and the way you relate, the way you show up, will attract people who want to play the same game. Okay? Just imagine you love soccer. 
And on Saturday morning, you take your soccer ball and you go to the soccer field. And you throw it on the ground and you start kicking it and chasing it and kicking it into the net. And you're, you're playing soccer. You will not attract people that want to play basketball. <laughs> they will not run on the field and grab the ball with their hands and start shooting it into a goal that's 10 feet off the ground. You won't attract that because that's not the game you're playing. Now, I don't know how soon you will attract people to join you on the soccer field. But if you're playing soccer, the only people that can play with you or relate with you will be people who want to play the same game. Do you follow me? So you can change the trajectory of your love life and the kinds of people that you attract and the dynamics that you attract and the patterns you attract and the people you attract. You can change all of it from what it's been by simply changing the game that you play. You play soccer, you're going to attract soccer players. You play basketball, you're going to attract people that want to play basketball. So this dating manifesto is saying, it's like a declaration of the game I want to play. This is the game I want to play. And, and if you can get to the place where, where you're like, I'm going to play this game and I don't care if nobody joins me because it's just, it's just the game I love. It's the game that makes sense to me. It's the game I enjoy. And if nobody joins me, I don't care. I'll just play by myself. But I am not going back to any other game because I played all those games and they lead to drama and divorce and being dumped and discouragement and pain. So I'm playing the conscious game. I'm playing according to this dating manifesto. That's my game. If nobody joins me, fine. But I'm here to tell you, I don't know how long it will take. It might not take very long at all. That if you play according to these rules, they're not really rules, they're, they're ways of being. But if you play, but I'm saying, if you play according to this game, you're going to find people will join you. Slowly but surely, they're going to say, I want to play that game too. Okay? So it's really all about recognizing what you can control and what you can't. And being fed up with everything else. Okay, now having said that, we'll see how many I cover today. Maybe we'll cover two, maybe three. And then because we've done this introductory work, perhaps we can get to the next seven or even, you know, six or seven um, in just one more podcast. Does that make sense? Okay. So what is the, what is the first... Well, let me say this about the format to keep it fun. And since I've mentioned different games, I'm going to describe each commitment from sort of the conscious manifesto perspective. But just so it's understood, I'm going to compare it and contrast it with its conventional um with the conventional perspective on it, right? So each one of these commitments is talking about a certain aspect about the way we live. And there's a conscious way to do it and there's a conventional way to do it. And when I say conventional, I don't mean bad or evil or wrong. I mean, it's just the way everyone does it. It's just the common way. It's just the conventional way. It's the way people approach it. But then there's this conscious way, which is countercultural which is um, sometimes counterintuitive, okay? But, you know, have you ever noticed, like, all the spiritual books and scriptures seem to lay out that there's two ways to go in the world, right? Even the Bible didn't say you can live according to the world or according to the, the biblical way or something, right? Didn't even Jesus say that there's two gates, there's a narrow gate that leads to life. There's a wide gate that leads to destruction or drama. Okay. Right. So I think if you look in any spiritual uh, scripture, you'll find there's basically two choices. Like you're going to play God's game or 
the game of the flesh, or you're going to, you know what I mean? You're, you're going to play the spirit game or the flesh game. You're going to, you follow me? And so it's kind of that way. I'm going to describe each one of these commitments, but to help understand what it's all about and how it works, I'm also going to describe what, what I sometimes playfully call its evil twin. <laughs> okay. But it's not evil. It's just, you know, it's just a playful way of saying it, but it's, it's the conventional way. All right. All right. So with about 25 minutes of introduction, although I think all that's really important, let's jump into num- the number one commitment. And these are not listed in order of importance, except that the first two really are. The first two commitments are like the foundation of a house, right? You, you can't say some part of the house is more important than the other. Like you got to have a roof without a roof. I mean, what do you got without walls? You, you can't even have a roof, but in essence, the most important part of any building is its foundation, right? You got to, the foundation is what everything is built upon. And the first two commitments are sort of two sides of the same coin, So they really do go together. You can't have one without the other. And they really form the foundation. And so the first two are probably the most important. And then the other eight, you could put in any order that you want. Okay? So let's start with our our damn it dating manifesto. (laughs) I'm sick of living in ways to create drama and discord and divorce and and all the difficulty of all that, I'm going to live this way. It's like, I have a dream. This is the, this is the, this is the way I'm going to do it. And the first commitment is something that's simply called responsibility. It's, it's all about responsibility. Like, what are you going to do with the results that you experience? Like, you know, like your experiences, like what's happening in your life. Like your results, everything from how much you weigh to how much money you're making to the condition of your love life, right? You, you have a certain set of results that are going on right now in your love life. Maybe you've been, like, like me, been divorced and been dumped and, you know, some sort of difficulty. I could just ask you, like, what are, what's happening right now in your love life? What's the current condition? It's like, like right now, I look out the window. I live in Chicago. I look out the window and it's cold, right? I, the condition is there's some snow on the roofs I can see and it's like 19 or 20 degrees. That's the condition. So when you look at your love life, like what's going on? What, what are the results? Who's responsible for them? Hmm, mama. Okay, so commitment number one is about choosing to claim responsibility rather than blaming it on other people and sort of playing the victim. Responsibility, this the first commitment is about the first commitment in the dating manifesto is choosing to claim responsibility for your results rather than blaming them on people, circumstances, condition, the way you were raised, God, the dating scene, men, women, blah, blah, blah. The first commitment on the dating manifesto is saying, I am going to claim responsibility for what's happening in my love life. So here's how it reads. And by the way, I have the entire dating manifesto and, you know, the conscious approach and the conventional approach. I have all of it on a, on a two page, I think it's a two page document, a PDF. So if you want this for yourself, just email me and I will send this thing to you. Okay. I will send you the dating manifesto and you can maybe put it on your wall. (laughs) Like this is how I want to live. Okay. So just email me, Roy at coachingwithroy.com, and I'll send you the dating manifesto. So the first one is responsibility. Here's, here's kind of the conscious manifesto way we would say it. I commit to taking 100% responsibility 
for the circumstances of my life and love life, including the people I attract, the patterns that occur, and the results I experience. I commit to supporting others to take responsibility for their lives. Okay? This is the premier commitment of a conscious person's life. It's the commitment that I'm not going to blame anybody for anything. It's the commitment to saying, I'm just going to claim, I'm going to take 100% responsibility for the circumstances of my life. And I'm also going to encourage other people around me to do the same. I'm going to support them in doing the same. Now, what's, what's the conventional way of dealing with the results in your life? Your experiences, the conditions of your, you know, like the, the, what's the, the weather in your love life? <laughs> what's the conventional way of this? Well, it says, I commit to blaming others or myself for what is wrong in my life and my love life. I commit to being a victim and seeing the circumstances, experiences, and results as happening to me rather than by me. That is a critical phrase that I want you to commit to memory. Does life and love happen to you or by you? When you have hit the end of your rope and you want to commit to the conscious path that leads to healthy, sustainable relationships, you simply refuse to believe that anything is happening to you. You, ref you refuse to see yourself as a victim. You refuse to see yourself as a disempowered person that has bad things happen to them. You refuse to complain, to whine, like, why me? Why are you doing this to me? Why is life treating me this way? Why is my love life like this? You, you refuse to have any victim, any sense, and you refuse to blame. You, like, when you're committed to this, even in some of the most difficult moments, you're like inside yourself saying, oh man, do I want to blame you for what's happening right now in my life? I mean, the way I feel, you know, the circumstances I'm going through, you know, whatever's happening in my life, man, do I want to blame so-and-so for that, but I'm not going to do it. I refuse to ever blame anyone or anything ever again, because I refuse to see life happening to me. I am claiming that life happens by me or because of me. I am claiming that I may not know how or why. Something might be totally unconscious to me. Something might be operating in my life that I have no idea about, that I don't see, that, I, that I'm not aware of. But I am not going to blame the circumstances of my life on anyone, including myself. You say, well, isn't taking responsibility blaming yourself for your results? No, no, no. Because the results you're creating as a by me person, you're creating them from an unconscious, unaware spot. How can you blame yourself for creating something that you don't know you're doing it. You, you don't know that you're perhaps have some sort of limiting belief underneath the surface that's leading to these circumstances. Perhaps you don't know that you are operating in a relationship persona that is responsible for creating the patterns and the partners that you attract. Perhaps you don't know of your personality's blind spots and how it's you know, sabotaging your love life. Perhaps you don't know how your childhood conditioning is affecting the way you relate, right? In other words, think of an iceberg. I want to just say to you, you are an iceberg. 
And the classic iceberg, there's about one-fourth of the iceberg that's above the water and the rest of it's underneath. You can't see, right? So I want to suggest to you that most of the important stuff in your life is beneath the surface of the water. It's the stuff you can't see. It's the stuff you're not aware of. Like you've got a big old Wizard of Oz living inside of you that's behind the curtain turning the knobs and pulling the levers and you don't know it. All you know is a little bit on the surface. You see the iceberg part, the tip of the iceberg, but you don't see all the stuff underneath. So that's why when you say, I am going to claim responsibility for my circumstances and my results, that you are not blaming yourself either. You're not blaming your parents or God or the dating scene or men or women. You're not, but you're also not blaming yourself. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, right? You're, you're recognizing that I am unconsciously committed to my results, That's an important phrase. Life is not happening to me. It's happening by me. What does that mean? That means I'm committed to what I'm experiencing. Like I'm creating it. I'm I'm the creator of my experience. I don't mean creator like God created the the universe. I'm not not saying that. I'm saying I'm creating this mess. Like the way my love life has gone? No, that... I'm responsible for this. And the reason you're not blaming yourself is like, but I just don't know how. (laughs) I don't know why I'm creating this nightmare that is my love life. But I'm going to claim responsibility. I am not going to sit here and say the way my love life is, is due to somebody else and what they did to me. I'm just not going to do that. Why? Well, one, it's never true. But two, if your love life is stuck and it sucks because of things that other people and conditions are doing, well, then how do you change anything? You can't, right? How do you change other people? How do you change circumstance? How do you change the way you were raised? How do you change, right? You can't change any of that. So if if you are a to me person, no, oh, uh, my life is this and my love life is that because of what they did to me. Well, you're disempowering yourself. You're saying I didn't, I didn't do this to my, I, I, you know, they're doing it to me. So how do you change it? They're going to continue doing it to you. So you're a victim. You're going to stay a victim. But when you simply choose, and it, it and it, it really is, it is just a flat out choice. When you simply choose to say, nope, I have, I just refuse to point the finger of blame anywhere. It's not happening to me. Somehow, some way, I don't know, but I am claiming to take responsibility that my results and my experiences and the conditions of my life are happening by me. Now, the beauty of that is that if you made it that way, then you can change it. If you had the power, consciously or unconsciously, to create this, then don't you have the power to create that? (laughs) Right? So responsibility is empowering, even though to the ego it can be very threatening. Because right now, if you're arguing with me about this, it's just because your ego is triggered. It doesn't want to take responsibility. The ego loves to point the finger of blame and, and, and because it's just easier that way. It's easier to stay stuck. And nobody really wants to look in the mirror and say, you know, I've made my life the way it is because of the choices I've made, the things I've done. And my life is the way it is because of all kinds of stuff that's beneath the surface of the water that I'm not even aware of different motivations and drives and habits and beliefs and actions. That's how my life got this way. And that's no fun to the ego. The ego doesn't like to do that. So this is, this is the number one commitment. 
And I'm here to tell you nothing changes without this commitment. I don't care if you want to change your body weight. I don't care if you want to get better at a sport. I don't care if you want to do better in school. Oh, I, you know, I'm just not very smart. Oh, uh, you know, I just don't have a very high IQ. You know, I got terrible teachers. You know, I, I never grew up in a home that really valued education. Nonsense. That's playing the victim. That's blaming. That's complaining. Oh, I can't lose weight because, you know, I, I just, uh, I come from a long line of people that are overweight and I've got the fat gene. Or I was raised in a way to finish all my food and I was, I was taught bad eating habits or I just work so much. I'm on the road all the time. I just got to stop and eat fast food. It's just, no, you don't. That's blaming and complaining. Why are you single? Ah, because I just haven't met the right person yet. What is that? It's happening to me. Well, fate, luck. I just haven't met the right person yet. If you're a person who wants to take responsibility for their lives, you would never answer the question, why are you single, with something like, I just haven't met the right person yet. Do do you hear how you are playing the victim in that? Because the real answer, if you want to take responsibility, is, well, for some reason, I'm committed to being single. How do I know that? Because I'm single. And I, I know that because life doesn't happen to me. It happens by me. So for some reason, I'm keeping myself single. For some reason, I am unconsciously committed to being single. It's not because I haven't met the right person yet. It's because I'm committed to not meeting the right person yet. I'm doing it. I'm not single because all the good ones are taken or gay. No. I'm single because I don't want to meet the right person. I often describe it like this in my books. Think of your life. Your life is like a movie. Okay? Your life is like a movie. Now, either you can view this movie that you're in, you can view it like you're just an actor in the movie. You're playing a bit part. You are not the director or the producer. You're not writing the script. You're, 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 you know, you're not the casting agent. You're, you're, you're just an actor in somebody else's movie and they're calling the shots. They're writing the script. They're giving you the lines. They're giving you your co-stars, you know, all that stuff. Everybody in the movie and everything happening in the movie you don't have any say in it. You're, you're just an actor, right? Which is how it is, like real movies in Hollywood. I think a lot of the actors in the movies don't, I mean, they're in somebody else's movie, right? Somebody else is the executive producer. Somebody else is the director. Somebody else wrote the script. And they're handed the script and they read it, <laughs> right? So you could view your life that that's what your life is. Or... You could view that your life is like a movie, but you're the executive producer. You're the director and you wrote the script and you're the casting agent and you chose the actors in the movie. And because you wrote the script, you, you wrote the plot and in your movie, you're writing a script that has you single and in the midst of a disappointing, discouraging love life. Which way does the ego want to view it? (laughs) Right? The ego, no, man, I'm not writing my own script and making my life, my love life suck like this. I'm not doing that to myself. No, no, no. It's happening to me. I'm just, I'm just in this movie. I'm just in this life. And this is how it goes. And, and, oh, no, this is, you know, this is God's will or something ridiculous like that. Or, you know, this is the dating scene. You know, it's difficult. It's, you know, it's the, it's the 21st century and people are nuts and people are crazy. And it's just so hard to meet people these days. And, you know, all the you know, men are just, 
you know, looking for younger women and women are gold diggers looking for a rich guy and right. That's easy to do that. And there's kind of an enjoyment in doing that. There's really an enjoyment in saying, I have no responsibility for the way my movie is going. That's fun. It really, it kind of is. Now, again, the danger is if somebody else is writing the script, then you're screwed. <laughs> because you don't have any power to change the script. But if you see yourself as the scriptwriter, as the director, as the producer, as the casting agent, well, shit. Let's host, let's, 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 let's kind of halt production. Uh, we're going into a script rewrite. I'm going to rewrite this fucking love story. Because I'm writing it. First thing I want to do is figure out why I wrote it this way up until now. For crying out loud, why in the world have I set it up this way? Life happens by me, not to me. So why am I doing this to myself? I, I want to figure that out. Um, and then once I do, I'm going to sit down and do a complete rewrite. We're starting over right here, right now. I'm going to write a happy ending to my damn love story. <laughs> and you can do that. But you can't do it unless you take responsibility. You can't do it as a victim because victims don't have any power. They don't have control of the script. But that's what victims do. Again, they say, I commit to blaming others or myself for what is wrong in my life and my love life. I commit to being a victim and seeing the circumstances, experiences, and results as happening to me rather than by me. So the first commitment on the dating manifesto is you declaring, like the Declaration of Independence, like, like Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream, is like, I commit to taking 100% responsibility for the circumstances of my life and my love life, including the people I attract, the patterns that occur, the results I experience. I commit to taking responsibility. Now, as soon as you do that, as soon as you say to yourself, I wrote this nasty script you're immediately going to say, why in the world did I do that? Like, if life does not happen to me, but by me, then why am I doing this to myself? You're going to immediately be curious about what's below the line of the water. Like, what am I not seeing? Right? You will become very uninterested in the part of the iceberg that you can see. Very uninterested in your current results. All right, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, that, that person treated me that way. Yeah, here, here's how my love life has been going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to examine that. I don't want to figure that out. I don't want to know why people ghost and why they gaslight and why my love, you know, why why the love, the, the, the dating scene is a certain way. Eh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the stuff that's the shallow stuff that's on top of the water. Man, I'm, I'm curious about the stuff that I don't know. Like I'm, I'm worried about what don't I know about what I don't know. Right. I'm really curious about my, how my childhood conditioning might be creating these patterns. I'm really interested in, what is it? What's Roy talking about when he says your personality blind spots or your relationship persona or limiting beliefs? What? I don't know. I don't understand that stuff. I don't think I'm doing any of that, but I must be because it's my movie. And right now I'm writing myself single or whatever your condition is. So the second commitment goes along with the first one, and it is curiosity. Do you see how there are two sides of the same coin? See, if you are a blamer and you're committed to blaming others for what's wrong in your life and all that, like, that there is no curiosity. No, I, I know I'm right. 
all, all the good ones are taken are gay. I just haven't met the right person yet. Right? When, when you're blaming your background, the way you were raised or men or women, the dating scene, do you see that you feel right about that? You, you, yeah, no, that's why I'm single. So if you know why you're single, there isn't any need for curiosity, right? What's to be curious about? I'm single because I haven't met the right person yet. I'm single because I work a lot of hours and I travel a lot and, you know, um, it's just hard to meet people. Man, I'm right about that. So what do I need to be curious about? I'm single because, you know, men can't handle strong women. We know that. We all know that, right? We, men can't handle strong women. They're intimidated by that. That's why I'm single. There's no need for curiosity because you, you believe that you're right. Oh, well, I'm a certain level of attractiveness or lack thereof, or I have a certain body shape, you know, so that's nobody wants to be with me because of, of that. And you feel like that, well, that's why you're single. And so you're right about that. So there's no need to be curious. If I say to you, why are you single? You say, well, because of the way I look and my body shape and nobody wants someone like me. And so there's no curiosity necessary because you know. And we could list dozens and dozens. In fact, in my book, I think I list 25 different phrases of people say answering the question, why are you single? My book, Relationship Boot Camp. I think it's in chapter three, if I'm not mistaken. There's 25 of these that I, that I wrote down about answering the question, why are you single? And, and they're all victim answers. And so anytime you, all, you think you know the answer, well, then there's no need for curiosity because you're not taking responsibility. You're blaming your relationship status on someone or something else. Does that make sense? But if you do see the world as happening by you rather than to you, if you commit to claiming responsibility for the circumstances of your life and your love life, then the next thing you're going to do is like, oh my God, why am I doing that? (laughs) Right? Why am I hurting myself? Why am I sabotaging? How, How am I sabotaging myself? What am I missing? So commitment number two arises out of commitment number one. And commitment number two is choosing curiosity rather than being right. You see it? You take all the reasons you've been telling your your guy friends, your girlfriends, your parents, your grandparents, why are you a single? You know, and you take all the ways that you answer that. In fact, that'd be a great homework assignment. Why don't you answer that question? From the ego, really. Answer it. Why are you single? I mean, who do you blame? What do you blame? What circumstance, condition, or person do you blame? That'd be great just to, just to put it out there. And you'll see when you, when you write it, there's a sense of, well, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, that's the answer. That's, I'm right about that. So there's no, there's no need to choose curiosity because I already know the answer. But when you're taking responsibility and you recognize that your life is like that, that iceberg and most of it is beneath the water, you're not aware of the shit driving you and you're not aware of the ways you're creating your reality, then you're like, ooh, oh man, well, I'm going to choose curiosity If I can grow in self-awareness, if I can see myself clearly, and frankly, this is my definition of enlightenment. Enlightenment is enlightened. Enlightened, like you walk into a room, you turn the light on. When the light's on, you can see everything. But most of us walk around in a dark room and we just bump into shit. We're stubbing our toes and hitting our knees on things because we're walking around in the dark, can't see anything. So awakening or enlightenment is sort of like walking into a room and turning the light on. It's like, oh, I see it all now. (laughs) I see it. 
That's self-awareness. You turn the light on inside of you and you're like, oh, I, now I see how my childhood conditioning is a part of this. Now I see my relationship persona, my limiting beliefs, my personality. I see it all. Oh, no wonder why I've written the script this way. Oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> you poor thing. No wonder why you did this. You know, it makes perfect sense. But now that you see it, you can write a different story. But you can't write a different story until you see it. And you only see it if you choose to become curious about what you don't know. Unless you choose to be a learner, you're never going to get out of the patterns of your love life. So here's how the commitments read. When you're taking the conscious approach, it says, I commit to responding to every experience. Oh boy, hear that one. I commit to responding to every experience with openness and curiosity. I commit to regarding every interaction as an opportunity to learn and grow in self-awareness. No matter what happens, no matter if my boss chews my ass out, no matter if my ex says something horrible and nasty and, and, and dirty to me, I'm going to respond to every experience with openness and curiosity. Huh? Try that one on. Remember I told you these commitments were radical? Well, the first one, just taking radical responsibility. I refuse to blame anyone for anything. I'm claiming responsibility. Life does not happen to me. It happens by me. That is effing radical. And this is even more maybe radical. That I'm going to take anything someone says to me, any experience, any condition, any feedback, and I'm going to respond to it with openness and curiosity. Like, hmm, I wonder if there's some truth in what my ex is saying to me or about me. I wonder when my boss chews my ass out and it feels totally unfair and wrong. No, no, no. I'm responding to every experience with openness and curiosity. I wonder how it's true. In other words, I'm going to regard Every interaction in my life is an opportunity to learn and grow. So this is unbelievably radical. To go through life as a learner. And this one, the ego hates just as much. Because the ego wants to be right. The ego doesn't want to learn. The ego doesn't want to listen to feedback from your ex or your, or your boss or a friend that says something critical to you. Or a friend that gets in your face about something. The ego doesn't want to hear that. The ego doesn't want to say it. The ego doesn't want to start from the place. How is it true? The ego starts from the place of being defensive. No, it's not true. How dare you speak that way to me? No, it's not true. I'm, and I'm right about it. You're wrong about this. I'm right. But curiosity says, I commit to responding to every experience with openness and curiosity. I commit to regarding every interaction as an opportunity to learn and grow in self-awareness. I want to see what's underneath the water. I want to see what I'm missing. And I don't care how much it bruises my ego. I'm more interested in truth. I'm more interested in learning than I am in defending myself. And protecting myself and, and guarding my image and the way people think of me. And, and I, I can't let anybody be right because that makes me small. No. You are more committed to growing and learning and evolving than anything else. So you respond to every experience with openness and curiosity. But here's the conventional way of dealing with feedback and things like this. I commit to being right and to seeing my experience as something that is happening to me. I commit to being defensive, especially when I'm certain that I'm right. When I know I'm right, I'm going to defend myself. 
I'm not going to be curious about what I might be missing or how something might be true or I might not be aware of the way I'm coming off or the way I'm the way I'm doing something or something I'm missing. Nope, 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 nope. I got my fingers stuck in my ears. I am not listening. And I'm going to defend myself. How often do you notice you defending yourself? I mean, I do it all the time. I'll just tell you right now, of all the 10 commitments, this one's the hardest for me. I'm so sure that I'm right about myself. Now, I've surrounded myself with a lot of people where we share the commitment to giving feedback, to supporting growth. And so there's people around me that will share with me what they see. And it makes it hard to be curious. (laughs) Because they see things that maybe I don't want to admit or own up to. You ever notice that? If you're around really good friends and there's kind of an agreement, like we want to grow, you know, like they're going to give you feedback on some attitude you have or some way you're coming off or some way you're showing up and your first instinct, no, that's not right. No, I don't do that. No, 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 you're wrong, right? (laughs) So that's me. It's like if I am not very present, my first reaction is to become defensive. When someone shares something to me or about me that doesn't fit the image I have for myself. You know, we all have an image of ourselves. (laughs) I'm this kind of person. I'm that kind of person. I would never do this. I would never do that. And then someone says something that doesn't fit your image. It it kind of disagrees with it or it's showing how maybe what your image is maybe isn't so true. Maybe you're not always that kind of person, that sometimes you're this kind of person. Do you notice how fast you get defensive on that? (laughs) So this commitment of curiosity just destroys the ego. It just melts it. Because you're just saying, I am not going to respond defensively. I'm going to look at my circumstances and my conditions and what's happening. And I'm going to say, it's happening by me. And I want to be a learner and I want to grow in self-awareness. That's my primary purpose in life is to wake up to who and what I am. Self-awareness. And you can't become self-aware without curiosity. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. And really, you want to change the course of your love life? Just commit yourself to living the first two commitments. The other eight, I'm not so sure they matter that much. You do these two, you start going through life saying, I'm not going to blame anyone for anything. I am going to claim responsibility that life is happening by me. And that's going to blow my mind because I don't know why I'm creating this. I don't know why I'm inviting this. I don't know why I'm responsible for this or how, but I am. And then I'm going to live in this spirit of learning and curiosity. And I want to wake up. I want to see what I'm doing to create these relationships with my kids, with my siblings, with my parents, with my coworkers, with my boss, and with intimate partners. You do that, (laughs) I'm telling you the course of your life and the trajectory of every relationship in your life will radically change. But they're difficult. And I'm sure you have questions and yeah, buts and wonderings. And even if you might even disagree, I don't care. I want an open dialogue here. Like I say at the end of almost every podcast, talk to me, reach out to me for help Reach out to me for clarity and for, for more information. If you want the entire dating manifesto document, reach out to me, ask for it. I'll send it. Um, if you struggle with these things, just, I don't know how many podcasters are actually available to their listeners. I don't know. Cause I don't pay attention to other podcasters. I mean, I listen to some podcasts, but I don't know what they do. 
but I'm, I'm actually available. Like my cell phone number is 407-687-3387. And I'm serious. Use it. And my email address is Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Use that to send questions, to request the dating manifesto. Okay? All right. We'll stop with these two. Perhaps we will touch on all eight next time. And this will be a two-part series, maybe a three-part series. I don't know. We'll see. But until next time, I appreciate you listening to this. If your mind is a bit blown by the radical nature of what I'm saying, it, that, that's okay. It's supposed to be because some of these things are just so counterintuitive and countercultural. I mean, this conscious approach is very different than the conventional. This game is very, it's like basketball and soccer. They're very different games, very different, right? And the conscious game is very different than the conventional game. So until next time, take care. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.